Hi, Eddie here. Red and I have used Zencaster to record all of our episodes of Punk Rock Elite because it's easy, browser-based, and it gives us separate tracks that are easy for me to edit. It can also be used for 4K video too. Maybe we'll try that one day. It's really easy to use. It can do a lot of the editing for you, clipping out your ums and ahs, and adding an EQ to bring out the best in your voice, all from a single website. If you want to make a podcast but aren't sure how to go about it, then Zencaster provides everything you need to record, edit, and distribute your new show to Spotify, Apple, and a ton of other places that people get their podcasts. Go to zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use our code PUNKROCKELITE and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Punk Rock Elite. A podcast about no effects. Ah, finally, we get to do what I've been wanting to do all along. Right? You know me, right? You know, you know, I love a musical, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, yeah, right. I've just found out. Right, there is a punk one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it goes like this. It goes, <clears throat> da la 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 la. Look, everybody, I'm in a musical. Da 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 da. It sounds like punk, but it's actually a musical. La 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 la. It's really good, right? Yeah. And I assume that is what we are looking at today. Uh, well, we're looking at a diff, a, 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 a different one. Don't, don't wanna. No, you, you do. It'll be good. It'll be fun. Fine, but. <sighs> Fine. All right, then. Well, apparently... Oh, yes, I've just seen here. All right, so it's Home Street Home. That doesn't sound very good. Um, it might be good. Uh, it's Home Street Home, yes. The uh, the soundtrack album today, that's what we're discussing. I'm discussing is I'm Eddie French, and I'm joined by... Uh, Red Redmond, that's me. Cool. How have you been, Red? Yeah, you know, it's not been a good week for me. I'll get this out at the top of the podcast. Um, I lost uh, uh, my rabbit this week, uh, my pet rabbit, who uh, was just the best rabbit in the world and my closest friend. And if you think that sounds gay, fuck you. She was brilliant and tiny and fluffy and I loved her very much. And that's why today my view, I think, of this album will be not as positive <laughs> Right. As I usually am towards no effects work. I think my sadness has creeped into my critiques of today's album. Right. So take <laughs> with a with a pinch of morning salts. Yeah. Right, fair enough. Um I mean to be honest, of all of the issues covered in the album, pet loss isn't one of them. So there was no direct mm-hmm. True. thing. So at least there was that. I wouldn't have I'd have probably said, let's find something else to do if that was a real big plot point. Yeah, I'd sure. Have, I'd have said, let's leave that for a little bit. Because there is, like, plenty of trigger warning uh, warranted content in this album that we're discussing today. There is, yes. So there's content warning for uh, self-harm, 
drug you well it's a no effects podcast you knew that was coming um <laughs> self-harm um uh suicidal ideation um abuse uh, se- sexual, sexual abuse. assault sexual abuse um uh incestual stuff so um puns if you yeah, gotta, gotta be safe from the puns yeah so if, if that does upset you then uh, then fill your fill your boots with another podcast until you feel like this is an appropriate time to listen uh yeah very sorry <laughs> to hear about to hear about your rabbit um but I mean, ten years is a really long time for a rabbit, isn't it? Yeah, no, she was uh, she was an absolute beast. Uh, she... That is wild for ten ten years because you know I've I've not heard. And she time. she's she'd never been ill, like ever. She I, I took her to the vets I think once because I didn't know what that she had some growths on her chest and I took them in and they're like, oh no, those are nipples. So <laughs> other than that, wow. she she had a, a clear bill of health. Uh, I'm afraid your rabbit has a severe case of normal rabbit nipples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just got nipples. Look, there's another one on the other side. (laughs) I do like like the way that you did behave like essentially a new parent. (laughs) Like, you know, and then sort of, and then presumably if if you'd had a second one, you'd be like, ah, I'll be fine. Like uh, like everyone I know as kids, the second one is always just like, oh, the kid's on fire. Like, ah, no. Yeah, it'll be all right. Good, good for him. Fire. <laughs> it's, good, it's good for kids. It's what grandmothers used to say. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so uh, condolences for that. But, um, yeah, I'll tell you what, mate. Do you know what people um, really love us talking about? What's that? The offspring. Yeah, I've heard about this. I've not actually looked at the comments. <laughs> Do you know what? On uh, on our social media, we only got people saying nice things. Uh, people people interacting, saying, "Oh, I like this album because uh, we did Smash last week uh, by Offspring." Uh, when we should have passed, I think that's the fourth <laughs> time fourth time we've used that joke. Um, but uh, given that it got us zero new listeners, uh, yes, the, um, the, the 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 Offspring uh, Reddit page. Um, much more reactionary than the No Effects Reddit page. I'll, I'll sure. say that for free. Well, you know, we're, um, we're coming to it as you know, like not offspring experts or no. fans. So I'd imagine no. we are going to immediately upset them. Yes. Well, I, I got accused. Well, we got accused of uh, only knowing the Wikipedia stuff. Sure. Yeah. Classic. Um, because said that Noodles got his nickname from noodling on the guitar, which apparently is is a falsehood. Um, but I didn't read that on Wikipedia. I'm not reading noodles from Offspring's Wikipedia page for the sake of one album. Come on, guys. We're talking <laughs> about an album. I read it in an issue of Kerrang! a thousand years ago. So forgive me <laughs> if my memories are, uh, are fuzzy. I'll tell you, actually, uh, speaking of Kerrang! Um, Stu from Face Down, mm-hmm. um, Stu Face Down on the socials, He's been uh, reviewing old issues of Kerrang. He bought like a job lot off eBay. Oh, he's amazing. Just been, he's just been going through them. Oh, and really good Nick as well, by the looks of it. And just going through and um, and uh, sort of, you know, going through really old uh, issues of Kerrang from the 90s and noughties, uh, which is kind of fun. Um, oh. Just shout that out there. to put a bit yeah, of a positive no. spin on this. Someone read this person say, oh, they don't know anything about Offspring. It's like, they didn't even mention K-Rock, which I think is a, a radio station. I mean, I know K-Rock is a radio station in the GTA yeah. games. 
yeah, GTA so, Vice City, I believe. Yeah, oh, no, actually, so it's V Rock, isn't it? Yeah, I imagine it's a. Oh no, K Rock is it? Because they have the the weenie roast thing, some sort of festival. They it's a radio station that plays rock music, and lots of punk bands do its festival and stuff like that. Cool. But I don't know what that's got to do specifically with Offspring. Whether it got played on it, well, yeah, I'd imagine it would have done. But they were playing, <laughs> playing loads of other music as well. It was, so I didn't really understand that because uh, I'm a poser. But uh, then someone else, <laughs> someone else read this little review and was like absolutely outraged at this podcast they'd not heard to the point where they went to a different <laughs> subreddit and told everyone not to listen to it. So, yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, Great stuff. Yeah, that all happened in America. So uh, it happened after <laughs> I'd gone to sleep. So I woke up with, a, oh, wow, there's a lot of chatter about this Offspring episode. Oh, yeah, I imagine people would be delighted to, oh, no, they won't. So <laughs> if you did sit through our dreadful misunderstanding of Offspring Smash, we really appreciate it. So, <laughs> pretty fun. So that's what's uh, been going on there so you know we've got but um, we do have other things going on um as well which we'll probably talk about in the outro but for now should we just dive straight in we'll get our we'll get our seats for the musical um which i i mean after that intro it does feel like i've basically dragged you to a thing (laughs) okay yeah i'm i'm no, come friend, on, but... no, come on, watch this, you'll feel way better, I promise you, I'll take your mind right off it. No, no, you'll have a good time. And that's what's happened, so... That is what's happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I can't wait to hear your uh, your sad takes on this, I think it's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be interesting. So we'll uh, we'll jump to the main body now. And here we are, home street home let's have a uh really do you see what they did because it, it it should be home sweet home but that that's not what they it's home street home because it's about some homeless people okay i can i can see that you're already very upset no no now that was unfair like that's just a little bit of wordplay i know that is you know we did warn about puns we're used to wordplay from no effects. Nothing wrong with wordplay. No, um, no, it's all good. I'm just being a prick. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, it, it, I mean, the thing is, it's one of those, uh, you know, in the, the Simpsons where they uh, form the B sharps and they go, oh, you need a name that's funny initially, but gets less funny every time you hear it. So you go, what about the B sharps? And they all laugh. They go, yeah, the B sharps. And then they go, yeah. <laughs> It's got big B-sharps energy, but it's it, it works. Um, it does. So what we're listening to today, we are not listening to any live recording of it. This is the album that was released on the 10th of February. Mm-hmm. Oh, so very nearly the anniversary of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 10th of February, 2015. So, wow, this is nine years old, nearly nine years old, this recording. Mm-hmm. It features 18 songs, not all of which end up being in the stage version. And oh, really? The... That's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you get some new ones in the stage version. You get variations. They change the lyrics. They do stuff. All music written by Fat Mike. All lyrics by Fat Mike. Additional lyrics by Soma Snake Oil and Jeff Marks. Now, okay. uh, Soma Snake Oil was Mike's then wife, mm-hmm. uh, a dominatrix. Um, and Jeff Marks was, he was involved in Avenue Q, 
Yeah, he was one of the people who was involved in that. And there's no wiki page for this to get the uh, to get the stuff. So I'm taking this from fatrec.com. Uh, performed by no effects and members of Descendants, Lagwagon, No Use for a Name, Alkaline Trio, Mad Caddies, Frank Turner, The Living End, Old Man Markley, Me First in the Gimme Gimmies, Dropkick Murphys, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, Dancehall Crashes, The Agrolytes, Limp, The Real Mackenzies, Mariachi El Bronx, RKL, and Hedwig and the Angry Inch. That's a, yeah, I mean, that is a very impressive resume. Isn't it? Yeah. This is, this is No Effects, all members of No Effects. A feature on this, but they are not the main uh, performers by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. So you've got some great, great pedigree in all of this. I think it's um, it might have been one of the last Tony Sly appearances from No Use for a Name. Uh, oh, okay, always, yeah. Always remember Tony Sly, never forget. Um, and uh, all sorts of things going on here. So. That's pretty exciting. Uh, it's uh, Home Street Home, original songs from the shit musical. Is what it is. The cover has got hit musical, but someone has spray painted on the wall next to it an S. I, I, I was watching that earlier and I was like, why? It seems odd to refer to it as a shit musical, but I understand now. Because you it's... would normally get a, a original songs from the hit musical on, yeah. uh, on the record. I mean, these are just some of the joke that you can enjoy from this musical. I, I don't, I do want, I don't know why I'm making fun of these shit little jokes. These shit little jokes are what we love no effects for. Like this, yeah. there's things that I can be actually annoyed at and critique cleverly. I don't know why I'm having a go at wordplay. There are more substantial things than, uh, than <laughs> you know, it, it, insignificant puns that don't really have any impact on the main substance of it. Yes, you're, mm -hmm. you're quite right. But, you know, <laughs> I've heard that people like it when we get salty about things that from people that we enjoy. Yeah, fair. I, I was told specifically that, um, oh, man, I love it when you don't like the thing you're listening to. People, <laughs> people prefer a roast to a toast. This is what I'm learning. Very true. So it sounds like Red's going to be doing a lot of heavy lifting on this because <laughs> overall, I, I am generally in favor of this. Oh, okay, that's uh, interesting. Songs. Overall, generally in favour. Um, I think... Well, we're going to be doing the like the, the stage show anyway, the film stage show, unless Red flat out refuses. I think, it, <laughs> I think they work better in context within the actual story because... Yes. That, that sometimes you're like, well, what, what has this got to do with anything? Well, well my, my first impression of... The album is, uh, there doesn't seem to be much story here. Like, I can't see how these songs do make a full musical, because to me, a lot of the characters don't seem like they develop throughout the album. I feel like characters feel largely the same as they do at the start of the album, as they do at the end of the album. And I'm, I'm, but, but yeah, as you've said, the, the, the show is very different. You get new songs and, you, and songs get cut. So I imagine it's very different. And songs, lyrics get changed. But also there's quite a lot of acting in between. Oh, no. Oh, it's not an, it's not an operetta. It's not, a, it's not Les Mis. Um, no, I know. I just, you know, like I, I would have expected, if, if there's a musical by Fat Mike, I would just assume the music would be better than the acting. <laughs> There aren't any. Is that fair? There aren't any 
none of the cast from the album repri- oh maybe one of them does maybe oh, okay. uh, there's one but i think she is of a musical theater background yeah because he basically i think he just wanted to put out the concept album as it were yeah you know i'd be very surprised if you could get all of these artists to um commit to a full run of a musical well, that's why matt skiba turned out he was offered the role or he was offered to audition for the role of the cop the father of the main character mm-hmm. in it which he plays on this album but mm-hmm. he's basically like i think the fan mike said at the time if it was a movie he could have done it but he couldn't repeat the performance eight times a week yeah twice wednesdays twice saturdays sunday off he couldn't you know <laughs> he couldn't uh he's like because he's not He's not built for that. He's not. He's not. He's uh, not available for panto, Matsky. No, no. He's not, he's not a theatre performer, and so they needed to use theatre performers rather than punk performers. Which, yeah, um, which is sensible and clever. I think. I think the way that it was set up, the way that they did this show compared to this album, because when I first listened to it, I didn't really. I thought it was okay. When I actually saw the thing several years later. I went, oh, I understand now because all of these songs have context and the characters, you get to know them when during the actual performance, the the actual acting bits rather than that. So it's not like a lot of musicals where plot and stuff gets progressed through the songs. It's more like the songs happen as a thing, although it is more like that when it comes to the actual show. So these songs are a bit more standalone this is a moment, you know, like, um, I'm just going to skip just the track three called urban campers mm-hmm. about, um, literally just introducing the concept of we live in a squat. Yeah. 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 And, and it's been literally just them introducing themselves to the main character. Who's a runaway. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, Oh, this is how we live. This is our life. This is what we do. And then they talk more. So it's more like that. But the, the, the final versions, if you want, the stage versions of it are a little bit more plot and character get delivered through the songs as well. So, yeah, that's the difference between one of the differences between this. So Home Street Home, I tried to find as much information as I could about it. And there isn't a huge amount uh, that I could find. Um, I've got the synopsis from Theatre Trip. Great. Com. Home Street Home, musical info and synopsis. Home Street Home follows the journey of Sue, a 16-year-old girl who runs away from home and ends up on the streets. There, she becomes part of a community of youth. Okay. All without homes, and each with their own stories and struggles. As Sue navigates the challenges of life on the streets, she forms a bond with her new new friends and faces difficult choices. The musical explores themes of rebellion, identity, and the search for a place to belong. Now, I think that that is pretty spot on for what it, you know, that's a very sanitized way of explaining exactly what that show is. Okay, sure. So it's not a massively original concept, mm-hmm. but doesn't need to be, so that's fine. Let's get it. Well, what, okay, so I've said my overall impression was that I, I generally think this is quite good. What are yours? I think that it is impressive. Um, I, I feel very similar to this album that I have. The recent stuff that we've reviewed, you know, like um, Pokey the Clown, 
and to an extent single and double album right. where i think that this has got some of nofx's more interesting more adventurous work but i also think that it's it's low points for me are quite low and i think i think what i don't like about it is that it it's the same criticism I have of Koki the Clown, um, that Max album that he did under that name, where I feel like it's a little bit, it's a bit, little bit like misery porn, you know, like where he he glorifies people with quite sad lives, and I I just question the. <laughs> I question the value of that. The 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 ethical weight of it yeah i understand that i think with koki i, I was yeah. more comfortable with it with koki when you explained how it was influenced by his own experiences I but i'm guessing straight up documents of his yeah. own life but i don't is... think that fat mike has been a 16 year old homeless female sex worker no i'm i'm very confident but um <laughs> Some of those elements came from Soma Snake Oil, who has been mm. described as a street mom. She lived on. Now, God. why is it not? Because um, it's you know it says like written by Fat Mike. Yeah. But it, it's not like written by Fat Mike and. Oh no! Additional lyrics by Jeff Marks and Soma Snake Oil. Yeah, so, I guess additional lyrics. But but I don't I don't know if that was just for the sake of the album. Mm. compared to the musical where everyone was joining in with the scripts and the characterization and things like that, whether this is just based purely on the music that we have on this one release. I yeah. don't know. I think a lot of the the, the sex work-related ones, things like that, um, are stories from Soma Snake Oil and stuff okay. like that. So I don't know if that goes any further. I do see what you mean. I absolutely see what you mean. The, I, the discussion you know, like, of other people's stories in a in sort of quite a flippant way, because this is more flippant than um, than your welcome. Your welcome is, hmm. you know, there's no real humour about any of it. Whereas this, yeah, it's um, it. And the thing is, is that I suppose there's that argument of there are some people who will have lived like this and will have thought it was good yeah absolutely and, I, I think that i just can't get away from with this more than anything because i normally this is i know this is an issue for some people when it comes to nofx's work that generally isn't for me but it is with this project and that is that like mike is a multi-millionaire like mike is a an incredibly i think so i think he's put a lot of money into other places but yeah he's still hmm. all right he's still perfectly he's still better off than most people yeah, I, I think that he's a very affluent man. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's it's just strange to, you know, like this is the only musical that he's made and it's about an experience that feels so far from his own. And it, I, I don't know. It does. This, this is a very romantic project, by which I yeah. mean he romanticises like the way he sort of romanticizes the 80s hardcore scene and the way which he moved away from he was frightened by so he moved to san francisco you know mm. um it, it it's it's got the most rose-tinted glasses on it is 
kind of fluff and certainly certainly this version of it i think the stage show is 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 an improvement mm. i don't know to what degree it needs to improve for everyone to find it all right but it's it's a very romantic rose tinted thing and i absolutely agree with that because I, I just i think that my criticism of it is like it it reminds me of other musicals and i kind of expected this to be a subversive musical that makes fun of other musicals but i actually think this is quite similar to the we will rock yous of the world in that it kind of like takes music from a band that we all love and then like paints this a, a perfect picture of an imperfect world, you know, like we will rock you is based in like a dystopian society, but everyone oh, seems okay. to be. I don't, I don't um, know the story of we will rock you. Um, it's what? quite similar to this, really. I think. Oh, really? I think so, and a lot of the costumes are quite similar as well. Oh wow! Okay. They all dress a bit punky in uh, right, we will right, rock right. you. The um, the heroes do anyway. A little bit of punkatics. Um, it was a Ben Elton impression because he wrote the. Uh, he he wrote did, the yeah. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> um... well, yeah, I suppose that's. I suppose my criticism is this feels a little bit young ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already said that Rancid are the young ones of the punk one. Yes, very true. Is Tim Armstrong in this? Because I hear a, a Tim Armstrong adjacent voice. No, you... there is, but you could absolutely be forgiven for thinking that he is in that. Someone's doing like a Groucho impression, a little punk Groucho. Yeah, it's um, well, we'll get, we'll get to that. Yes, I don't know who that is. I've I've been trying to find, I've been trying to identify the singers, and I can identify Stacey D, Matt Skiba. I know where Karina Danike shows yes, up. Obviously, I, I do. Drink everyone. Uh, she might not be the one you think. Oh, really? Yeah, because she does turn up, but a bit later. I think she's in Missing Child. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, um, uh, Seeping Beauty reprise. Yes. But, well, um, but she, she, probably... did, she, she tracked a lot of the main vocals, but then, like, Stacey and the other people did. So she like, did, like, the guide tracks. Mm -hmm. and then remained on it for some of them because they were like casting it and stuff and they wanted a Stacey D made a more convincing 16 year old than Karina Zanike so there you go not that she's very convinced she sounds like a grown woman with a, a smoking yeah. voice but um but you know that's fine too I, I love Stacey D but um yeah she doesn't sound like a 16 year old so I I appreciate where you're coming from on that and and the misery porn thing and and it's so long. <laughs> it's pretty long. Oh, you wait till the uh, you wait till the show. That's oh, a couple gosh. of hours. If it's a musical, of course. It's two hours long. They're all two hours long. Yeah, true. But I think he wanted to come from a from a sort of Rocky Horror slash Hedwig perspective, which is weird because like this feels very grounded in reality, and I wouldn't say that for those other two things. I can hear I can hear the influence definitely. I think Hedwig's got like a magical realism to it. Yeah. Whereas Rocky Horror is straight up B movie. Yeah. But I suppose, but then he doesn't. Re he's Mike is very interested in in that punk rock world, in that world that he's sort of adjacent to, but not really a part of. Mm -hmm. I think he's. It, it is a bit curtain twitchy. Do you know what I mean? He's like looking out at 
Anyway, let's let's get into it. So we start off with track number one, Monsters. Stacey yeah. D and Matt Skiba. Long longest track on the album. Is it? Very possible. Oh yeah, because it's in several sections. Um well that's good. Surely you get, you know, a big chunk of it out of the way for you. Surely you you enjoyed that. Well, I kept thinking the song was over. And then it starts again. <laughs> yeah, it does do that, yes. It's just a normal average um incest song. So Yeah. <laughs> So you see, you've got you've got two of my least favorite things there: um, songs that stop and then start again, and then stop again and start again, and incest. I'm not a fan of either. No. Well, do you know what's quite funny is uh, you said you got two of my least favorite things there. I looked at my notes and just saw Stacey D and Matt Skiba. I'm like, mate, <laughs> bit harsh. No, they're okay. Yeah, of course. Um, but I like I like the um, I like the the sort of the keyboardy sound on it the, that sounds a bit sort of science fiction which um mm. that's all good i think the song is actually pretty good yeah all of the punk bits on this album sound really similar yes they do yeah yeah and i think some of the punk bits are the bits that i like the most i think the bits i don't enjoy and i think it's most evident on this first song are songs that look, i don't think you've written a song i think you've written a verse yeah, you know, it's like they're, they're sort of, they need to put the plot in, yeah. but they still haven't put the plot in. Yeah. These, a lot of these are character pieces. A lot of these are not the plot pieces. In fact, they have a sort of a Greek chorus of homeless in the uh, mm -hmm. in the stage show that do a lot of the plot progression for you. Okay. So you've got these three homeless types who... Um, homeless types, these homeless stereotypes, in fact, um, who uh, sort of do, who address the audience and all that kind of stuff. So they, they have that. And in fact, they do the songs that Frank Turner sings on this. Of course. They're sort of general getting everyone up to speed again. But yeah, it, um, I think, I think like, I think all the vocal performances on this are good. Like on this yeah, whole album, I, agree. I, I think I think that is really you know um, everything works. Everything's the production's really really great. It, you know everything sounds really good. This is a great sounding bit of work, and uh, I think one of the better songs is actually number two, three string guitar. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I like it. I think it's very simple. Uh, if only all buskers had this level of awareness. Um, I, I think it's one. Yeah, I, I um, it's not a song that I necessarily enjoy from the album, but I do think it's one that stands out as one of the best musical numbers. Well, that's it. Yeah, I think I I've, I also have seen the musical more than once, like the video online mm -hmm. of it. So I can, so one, like I say, once I contextualized a lot of these songs because they made more sense i had less resistance to them so yeah. i maybe enjoy them more and maybe you'll find that maybe you won't you know but but for the time being you're sort of in the situation i was for the years between this being released and then finally seeing the actual show yeah of course yeah yeah so you know that and that is a that is the thing if you were just given you know the rocky horror soundtrack you'd enjoy it but would you yeah. really would you know 100 percent what was going on probably no not. i don't think so, so. 
And same with Hedwig and the same with, you know, I mean, Hedwig even more so because all of those songs are songs that happen within the show. It's like Cabaret, yeah. where the songs don't, the songs are actual performances within the film rather than progression of plot and character and stuff. I like Three String Guitar. Um, it's quite a good introduction to the uh, the aspiring songwriter character, but there's not much to say about it because it is literally just picked quarter notes on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, good. So track number three, Urban Campers, is sort of it's the first punk song we get. Yeah, I think it's one of my favourites from the album. Um... And um, yeah, it's... I've written, it's the start of the romantic slash over-romantic elements. Uh, <laughs> but then again, we are dealing with a musical, not Requiem for a Dream. So that is something else to keep in mind. And this is the first time you meet the pretend Tim Armstrong voice. Yes, of course. By the yeah. Street Edmund! <laughs> which, <laughs> which, which, is, uh, which is a choice. I don't know... I, 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 I might be the guy from um, Real Mackenzie's, but I'm not sure. I know, like, every now and then as well, because um, I'm pretty sure Mike's voice is on here once or twice, but there's a couple times where I hear a voice that sounds like Mike's, and then after a couple seconds I'm like, oh, no, this isn't Mike. This is, I mean, it might be John Markley, who I know you've said can do Mike's voice very well. Yes. It, it sounds like a musical theatre version of Mike's voice. Yes. Um and that like is what, Mike, but he can really sing. And that is what Johnny from Old Man Markley does sound like. I think he does the, the lead vocal on Safe Words. Yes, and I was gonna say there must be a lot of John Markley on here because I can really hear the old man Markley influence. Oh well certainly you can on track number four. Yes. I mean we could have called this uh, this show Gutter Punk Elite. Because so yeah. we are the gutter punk elite, but I think that would be a stretch for two middle class M's. Absolutely, but you know, <laughs> it's not something Mike was worried about now, was it? <laughs> um, no, very much not. <laughs> I do, I do like it though. I think it is catchy. I think it's um, yeah, very, very exciting. I think when you've got a lot of different voices and they're flowing over one another and in and around one another i think that's when this album is really really good yeah call and response call and response songs just really really suit it and it's and it makes it a lot more exciting and driving so i I like this one a lot and and you have some of that in track number four fecal Mm -hmm. alcohol syndrome yeah what one you know like not my one of my favorites but uh it's got something no. to it i like i like it, it it just does sound like an old band markley song with electric guitar yes and i, yeah, I, and yeah, I really yeah. like old man markley so uh i'm fine with it love a banjo um a classic mike pun um i was very small my mother was a boss. you know it's it's a good song um it's kind of fun and um i think it really works when you have um you have the, the backing vocals at the end of every chorus, uh, yeah. singing in the in the country harmonies. His mother gave him shit for brains and fucked up chromos. Don't ding 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 ding. Yeah, it's just it's very upbeat and foot stompy, and um, there's a lot of again. It's an introduction song to I believe the character is called Special Ed. Oh, okay. So uh, who is? I, I, a, uh, I do think it's important that like because you know musicals are rarely one style of music throughout they are yeah. normally um 
have like a you know a mixture of different genres and stuff and you do hear that in this album and i i, I you've got to give it credit where it's due um i think they've done really well of mixing not just punk but elements of folk and bluegrass and jazz and all sorts yeah blues um i don't know like i i think it's a nice mix of musical styles uh, and i think that i also like it because it isn't um like a jukebox musical of no effects songs reappropriated yes. i think that that is it's not it's not like american idiot although it would be nice to have a couple more because we do get the agony of victory at the end yeah but that was a that was a cover that was already if you look at the liner notes to coaster they describe it as a cover for an upcoming from an upcoming musical really yeah uh, yeah so it would be good to have a proper no effects track in here i mean what uh, no effects track do you think should be in the musical i mean if we're talking about street punks then i think there should be a little cameo from the bruise yeah okay well i mean laurie myers feels quite L laurie fitting. myers um yeah um yes yeah, something like that the character yeah i mean do you know what it would be just amazing if they described just and they don't in the dialogue but it was like um oh whatever happened to that girl that we used to hang with oh she she got into making porn and she's doing really well now oh, i miss laurie yeah, that would have been yeah. I mean, cute, wouldn't it just yeah, a little yeah. you know wouldn't matter if you didn't get it, but it would be there. Yeah. I should really, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be very good at just writing Easter eggs. Can't write yeah. any, any original shit in my mind, just <laughs> Easter eggs. It's fucking pathetic. Um, I am the worst millennial. So, uh, but hey, um, Disney Star Wars, hit me up. I couldn't do worse, could I? So, um, take all them women out of it for a start. Get Star Wars back to when it was good. That's what I believe. Fetal alcohol syndrome. I don't believe that, by the way. Red didn't laugh at my joke, so now everyone thinks I'm, I'm dreadful. <laughs> Poser is a stand-up show by Eddie French. That's me. All about punk rock, gender, nerddom, and all other things where one is told that they are a poser. If you'd like to come and see it, I'm going to be at Leicester Comedy Festival on Saturday the 24th of February. Grey's at LBC Depot, the Courtyard Room, at 6.20pm. That show is free, but you can get tickets online to avoid disappointment. You can come and see me at Glasgow International Comedy Festival on Sunday the 24th of March at 3.30pm at Van Winkle in the West End. That show is £5 a ticket. And you can also come and see me at Brighton Fringe on Saturday the 18th of May, 3.30pm, Laughing Horse at the Temple Bar, and that show is also free. Really, really hope to see you there. Thank you. against me now track number five this appeared on double album it did yeah a very different version um... yeah and i have no idea why mm. of all of these songs that they chose three against me yeah it feels very strange i think urban campus is right there yeah um yeah no, I think, I think... any of these any yes. of these songs would have been just sort of make it but then i suppose it is a very different version because um uh against me sort of a piano i think it's a you know it's legit sad but like you say the misery porn aspect is is present definitely with this one 
Yeah. Although, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, although I'm sure it does it does ring true for many many people's experiences, which is which is wretched as well. So you know. Yeah, being bullied by like older siblings and stuff. Yeah, um, but, I mean, being just generally disowned by your entire family because of who you are, and that's mm. and to be fair, that is a thing that happens to queer people, LGBT yep. plus people, who end up on the street for these various things and have to find new families and stuff. It's difficult to know if Fat Mike is the person to be telling that story. <laughs> that's the that's the thing I come back to every time. But I, I suppose there's an argument to be made, like. A lot of people who do have that story aren't in a position to have that story be heard. So there's an argument to be made that he's like giving a voice to voiceless people. Yes, absolutely. And I think I that I, I think there is some validity to that. And also to fans of this kind of music, which can be a bit skater, you know, a bit suburban, a bit, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah. It can open the doors to thinking about other people. So there is something positive. But again, there's the, also the argument that Mike's in the position to elevate individuals to tell that story themselves. But yeah, look, I, there's no, there are no winners under capitalism. You know, there's we're a, all we're all yeah, exploiting someone. There's only there's only arguments to be had rather than uh, consensus yes. to be drawn. So yes, you know, I. Is it better that this exists than it doesn't? Mm. That's a good question. I suppose it's ultimately the the final thing, isn't it? And I suppose for me that comes down to how much fun they had making it. If they enjoyed making it, then I'm, it's I'm, you know it should exist. Yes, absolutely. And I think they and, did. And I don't think that it's. I think there are way worse examples of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So, and I do think it came from a genuine place. So that's the the, the intent does matter as well so well mm -hmm. anyway but yeah three against me it's um but it is a bit car crashy i'd like to see it in the show yes and and in the show is contextualized more mm -hmm. moving on to something where mike's on a bit of firmer ground here high achievers i think this is arguably i mean this could be the best song in it i think I really, really like it, and I like the um, I like all of the sort of um, old jazzy sort of I like the jazzy yeah. songs on this album. I think they're really, really good. Um, I, th I think he's he's genuinely written a musical song here. I think some of the others yeah. are like no effect songs, you know, trying to be musical songs. But this is a this is yeah. legit. I think uh, what I like as well. I believe the woman who sings this also appears in the show. Yeah, um, and I and I I like <laughs> there's uh, something sort of immediately burlesque about it because she's giving all heroin, stigma, and and I like uh, I like a bit of a bit of that, but um, yeah, it's it is a legit good song, and it is a um, I, th I think it might also be the first one that has sort of talking in it, like has a bit of acting in the middle of yes. it. Yes. So you say if I take drugs, that'll make me smarter? Not saying it'll make you smarter, but it might make you more interesting. 
act harder, baby. Um, so it's, <laughs> but you know, that's, uh, it, it is, it's a list of uh, people who did great things who also enjoyed drugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that Mike didn't list himself in there is staggering. <laughs> I think the other two kept on like taking the pet out of paper off him. Have you put yourself in this again, Mike? What? Yeah. I, you know, like, I, I do. I know, like, um, you know, if you look at this song on, like, Spotify or whatever, it does say these tracks will buy no effects. But I really can't hear no effects in a lot of this. I can certainly they're, hear Mike. They're not by no effects. They, they are... This is not a no effects release. This is a Fat Mike project with other people. No effects. All members of no effects do appear on this in mm. some... But, like, the same way that... Um, lots of other musicians appear on it it's like a big big mixing pot of all sorts of people but usually in like a musical like this it wouldn't have like the artist be like the band that was attributed to it it would be like you know either various artists or the cast yeah no i i under and i and i don't know why that is i don't know whether they thought it would he probably put it under no effects so that it would appear on spotify and more people would listen to it it's probably like a right could well be could well be but yeah, High Achievers, um, I think it is, it is one of the highlights. I think it is really, really yeah. good. Um, and, it, and you're right, it, is, um, it, it starts to feel like a musical now. Mm-hmm. A bit, yeah. And then yeah. Uh, moving on to Gutter Tarts, which is, um, is probably the song that could most convincingly be on a punk album. Aside yeah, I from, agree. Aside from Agony, which obviously was. But yes. Um, it's um it's got a uh, it's got a bit of keyboard on it and stuff so it sounds a bit like um uh it sounds a bit like what they do on um first ditch effort yeah first ditch a little bit of self entitled they did a little bit of keyboard work on that as well yeah it's got that and because this was released in 2015 it was released yeah. between self and first ditch so but yeah i like this one um it is again. It's got that Laurie Myers pro sex work. We're all, hey, you like fucking? Might as well get paid for it. No one can tell you what to do. I'm dead good at it, um, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But it is, it, it, it's, it's a banger. It's, um, it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, any anything else on that one, or you know, it doesn't outstay its welcome, which I appreciate. True. True. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think any of them do really, apart from that first one, which is pretty long. But yeah, yeah, which again feels feels like an odd choice for a first track. Like it doesn't get the party going. It, funnily enough, I don't think it's the first song in the musical. That's interesting because unless they moved it to make it a bit more what people expected early doors yeah if you go to see the no effects musical the fat mike musical and it starts off with this sort of strummed acoustic guitar you might be thinking what so they might have put something a bit more what you're expecting and then you subvert the, Hmm. the thoughts later on um you know that's it i mean because it i mean the real subversive thing would be to have like a full-blown orchestra 
giving it uh we're living on the streets we're all on the street yeah we're living on the street you know like <laughs> a, sort of a real like finger snappy um sort of typical musical which would have been hilarious if they'd done one of those but mm-hmm. they sort of they should have done west coast side story west, <laughs> west you're coast welcome side. yeah yeah you're welcome mike you can have that one yeah the bruise and the sharks getting into it <laughs> Um, come on like just workshop with people you don't know that's the best way to achieve anything uh so yeah so i i but yeah gutter tarts i think is one that can come on and just sort of works and also it's got a lot of people singing on it which i like in a a Mm -hmm. musical um number eight bad decision hello frank hello frank but but they're, they're my notes I quite like that Frank Turner appears twice on this, or he might appear more, but I know definitely twice. Um, And (laughs) I'm pretty sure his entire contribution to this is less than a minute 30. Yes, yes, yes. He's in in two (laughs) 40-second songs. But these are, there are a few of these. These are the ones that the muses sing, or not the muses, the Greek choir characters. Yeah, I I get that. It it feels a little bit like a puck type, you know, like a a, a sprite. Who is yeah no they're, they're otherworldly they're, they're fourth wall breaking types mm-hmm. um yeah yeah, yeah. if you've <laughs> then you'll <all> know <laughs> they're good they, they get the points across they don't have to say they're welcome i assume he was given short ones uh possibly because he's the only person without a, a north american accent and mm-hmm. therefore can be otherworldly and weird or because he was probably recording it somewhere in the uk unless he recorded it when he was over in the us which he is quite a lot but i think that uh, fat mike accidentally wrote a frank turner song i was like well who can i get to do this (laughs) (laughs) because i have noticed particularly with the more recent albums that we've reviewed on this channel like mike in his later career i think low-key secretly wants to be frank turner (laughs) like he's writing a lot of frank turner type music he wants I, to do some folk stuff. I think there is a lot of truth to that. And also, also, Frank Turner has this wonderful ability where some days he'll just go, I'm just going on a solo tour for a bit, or I'm going to take my mandolin player with me, and he'll go and do like a nice little small venue, like secretly. He can just put out on, I mean, I don't know if he does this so much anymore, but he could just put out on Twitter or something. Last minute secret gig I'm doing at this, yeah, 120 club in whatever. There'll be enough people who'll turn up. People yeah. will travel for Frank. You see, Frank's got those kind of fans. So people might go, Frank Turner's doing a thing right. Just shout at their boss, I'm off. I've got to do 200 mile round trip to go watch Frank Turner. Play only the first two albums, right. Frank. I've got some new songs. Fuck off. You know, one of those things, you know. That's my little play. I'm getting very theatrical about this. But yeah, I, I, I like these songs. They're, they're pretty fun. And, you know, Frank does a good job. I think it's Spike from me first in Gimme Gimme's playing ukulele on it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that would make sense. He's a ukulele guy. Uh, we've mentioned uh, Missing Child before. But yeah, this is the, um, the mother of Sue, who's uh, sad that she's gone. But I, I, I like this song a lot. I think it's very simple and elegantly done. Yeah, I think it's one of the better ones. Again, like, I think the bits that impress me on this album are the bits that aren't uh, 
like no effect songs the bits that aren't punk rock but the bits that are genuine pieces of music that i can see in a musical and i think missing child is definitely one of those there is something with when a genre like punk rock is done by people whose background like on stage is done by people whose background is musical theater there's a a dissonance that doesn't always flow do you know what i mean i don't want to be too oh mate are you uh you legit are you legit i'm not g-checking anyone but they're sort of two slightly different things and getting a balance for that is is very tough because you sort of ideally want people who are able to do musical theater and there's not really any dancing in this so much it is just singing so they're not having to do choreography it will be choreographed in the way they move around the stage you know like like theater is but there's no actual like jazz hands and shit in this there's no dancing uh, as such yeah um and so and so when actors who aren't really into this kind of thing are asked oh just dance like punks would dance you know already you're gonna cringe yourself inside out but it's not it's not their fault but yeah. they should they should literally be a choreographer who's like look i know how to slam dance and i'm going to teach you <laughs> you know like it, they should learn really if, if it's going to not look kind of cringe yeah i think the 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 musical songs that are less punk rock are probably the more interesting bits here or the bits that stand out the most uh, which mm actually detracts from my next point because uh, i really like number 10. number 10 is my least favorite song on this entire album. i absolutely knew it would be i absolutely knew when listening to it i'm like because i because i really like this and i like it i like it largely because of the vocal performance and i like sure. the tune as well I, I, mean, I will say i don't think there's anything wrong with the vocal performance it is it is a well-performed track and and it's got the the it it builds as well in a way that i consider to be musical because it's the first chorus she's singing it all by herself and then the next chorus there's the call and response bit putting in like you know the mm -hmm. the mother saying you make me so ashamed and all this kind of, and then there's this sort of argument thing going on i don't understand the bagpipes i'm going to put my hands up there <laughs> say um hey guys um yeah no it's a good song good song but um did anyone else notice the bagpipes in there? It, it's it does sound like one of the members of Dropkick Murphys were just hanging around the yeah, day they I, were filming this. And they were like, hey, them, do you want to bagpipes on this? It's them or the Mackenzies. <laughs> sure. The bagpipes don't appear in the stage version. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's the vocal combination of the call and response thing that I, uh, I really, really enjoy. But yeah, clearly you, uh, you do not agree. It's a, and, and and I think everyone's going to have a different view on it and all of that, but it, it it's this song encapsulates you know criticisms that I've, I've made previously in this episode where um just this sort of like glorification of sadness and bad things, and I I understand that there's an argument to be made of like well these awful things do happen to people and it's about um giving them their strength back you know like yes. um giving them their voice back and i i um i understand that and i think that's 
there's a lot of merit in that. I think what I get stuck on, and this is just personally, like I'm really glad if people can overcome it, but I get stuck on, this has been written by Fat Mike. And I just don't think that he has experience of, of this. And I know that, you know, oh, he's also been written with Soma Snake Oil. Then I really think her name should be on this. I feel very I, strongly that her name should, it should be written by Fat Mike and Soma Snake Oil. And then I would feel completely differently to this whole project. I think, like I say, I think the, I think in the actual musical playbill, which they put up on the video, yeah. I think it is music by Fat Mike, lyrics by Fat Mike. In, in that case, then that, that changes my whole perspective of, of this project. I'm pretty confident that's what it is. I'm not 100%, but I do think... I did think it was strange when I read the, the Fat Records blurb that I read earlier, and it was, like, music by Fat Mike, lyrics by Fat Mike, additional lyrics by... Because I don't... I'm well, not confident that that's what it ended up being. But on the record release, that's what it says. Because I'm looking at the the album cover, and it says just written by Fat Mike in the corner, with a presumably Fat Mike beneath it, actually. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, himself on the album cover. So, like, it... I don't know. That That's why... That's the bit that I don't like about this. If it was written a little bit more... Um, if it was on record as being written by an ensemble i would understand this a lot more okay i've just i've just uh clipped to the end of the musical yeah which you can see on youtube it says music by fat mike lyrics fat mike jeff marks and goddess soma okay. um script by goddess soma and fat mike okay that's cool so it might have been some sort of mishandling of the information. Or um, it's, it started out as a bit more of a music-based project. It did sound like, I mean, they've released this album before the show, right? Oh, long before, yeah. And, and a this lot of like these songs don't feature. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it sounds like they've, they've knocked around the idea of can we do this in the studio with Mike writing the majority of it. But then yes. when it's actually gone to stage, it's had more input from other people. I mean, there was already input from other people on this, but, yes, but more so, yes, yes. yes. Um, so, and and I think, and obviously, I think he, I think he like discussed the idea with Soma a lot. They like talked mm -hmm. about it just in their domestic I lives, bet. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I think that, that's that, why I think her name should be on this, like yes, as prominently absolutely. as his. I, I I do agree with that, but assuming that her input is what we believe it to be, which is, mm -hmm. you know, and she does get that credit ultimately. I think it's a poor show to have it this way around on the record, and I agree, but that's mm -hmm. what I feel. So I don't know whether, you know, so this could work, she could well be pulling from her, you know, her life from this kind of thing. Because there's there was some uh, little clips on Vice or something like that. Yeah. That, or Noisy or one of those kind of, but that had uh, like workshops of it. And they had like a little, they were in like the middle of nowhere with like little like um, scripted read throughs and performances. And, and there was him and Soma and Jeff and they're talking about it. And um, 
and they had like social workers coming up to them crying saying i deal with kids like this all the time and you're telling their story and this is incredible and i recognized all of those children in there because you've got to remember these are like supposed to be like teenagers yeah which is another i don't know makes it a bit creepier well yes it does but that's supposed to be the point of not creepiness but that rawness that starkness i suppose but um mm -hmm. you know and stuff like that and uh, the only people who didn't like it were punks which there were some punks there who were just like nah that's stupid there's no such thing as a street mom <laughs> and someone was like fuck you i was one of those like oh, yeah of just... all the things to dispute in this show uh, yeah, i wouldn't no. dispute that yeah and they're like oh nothing like oh you know, fucking just making fun of prostitutes and shit and so i was like i was i'm literally a sex worker now what on earth do you think it's like yeah it's um so yeah so there were people who were willing i mean i imagine it's because fat mike was involved and he's a very divisive man so there were already people definitely prepared but anyway if that makes a difference to how you perceive this record then uh but yeah but i i like i'm suicide um what i also like is i think it does a really great job of going between the punk bits and then the piano bits yeah that's about like all of those, those sort of mood shifts i think it does very very well to really good effect and that's one of the things i like about it and the call and response stuff i i'm, I'm very fond of so uh number 11 let's get hurt i'm like completely on the fence with this because I think it's brilliant, but I come back to my previous point about like, so basically like Let's Get Hurt is a, it's, it's a nice little, almost like a cabaret vaudeville number about BDSM. Yes. And it's performed from a female perspective and blah, blah, blah. I think it's great and I think it's really interesting and I think it is a really good little BDSM anthem. I'd love to see it at like a cabaret event or a burlesque event. I think I I was thinking this is this is a song that so many people probably don't know exists, but would be absolutely thrilled to know it and would probably use it in some yes. sort of live performance. So absolutely, but again, I think it's weird that the song, from the perspective that it's sung from, with the lyrics that it has, is obviously attributed on this album as written by Fat Mike. And I just find it a little bit weird that a man would write this song from the... I, I just want songs about female perspectives to be written by females when the perspective involves hurting the woman. That, that is my, it's my only caveat. I understand. I, I absolutely understand. <laughs> um, and I... And I might be being like really precious about this and i'm sure there's loads of people listening to the podcast that think that i'm way too uptight i'm way too, being way too millennial about this you're being woke red is what your problem I'm is i'm being woke as shit you're being you're being woke af and <laughs> you're being a, a millennial small bean that's what you're being <laughs> um you put the avocado toast down and wake up to the real world <laughs> I just want her to have a writing credit and then I'd be fine with it. I know how pathetic that is. No, I absolutely agree with you. And I and I think that and I think that basically she can't be given a writing credit for it now because yes. who's buying this CD now? They're getting yes. the download, if anything, right? Mm -hmm. She does get 
her flowers, her appropriate accreditation on the record, on the on the yes. on the musical. It, and also, in all of the, because I was avidly consuming any interview or bit of press about this beforehand, mm -hmm. because I was like, ah, the musical theatre fan that Eddie was when they were a tiny then is finally getting to cross over with some of their adult shit. And that was exciting for me. So I was like, I was pretty interested in this. And in every interview, Mike said, I'm writing it with my wife. My okay, wife great. and I are writing this. So I don't know where where the accreditation on the album, but in, in every he was constantly talking about how this was a project with his wife. Oh, me and Soma met up with this guy who did Avenue Q and now we're doing it with it. So it was because it, it does feel like that. It does feel like a project that hasn't just been made by Mike. So I no. think my only I think the beginning and end of my criticism of this is that it's attributed to have been written only by Mike. I know it says additional material, additional lyrics yeah, by yeah, the yeah, yeah. But, but it not, does say on the album enough. written by Fat Mike. I, I always um, think when it says additional material by it's like it's like throwaway lines. That's exactly like, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, you like, know, a couple of bits that worked in rehearsals that's that's made it into the main show usually. On the on the, the satirical news podcast that we both appear on occasionally called IC News, mm -hmm. I've been credited with additional material. It's literally been a one sentence status that Sam thought was funny, and so yeah. can I use that in the script because that's perfect? And I went, yeah, of course you can. It's been one sentence, and I got an additional. So it yes. couldn't be anything like you should call her Sue. Like suicide, yeah. brilliant additional material. Yeah, that's what yeah, it sounds yeah. like it could be. And people yes. who are being, and you could be very ungenerous and bad faith actors and people like that can easily say, oh, well, additional material. Uh, she reminded him what a ball gag was called. Or something, you know, it's like, it's like literally <laughs> ball. You know? So, um, so yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you on the accreditation, and I hadn't actually noticed it until I looked at it today for the sake of this, because, like I say, all the stuff I was consuming in the run-up to this being released was him talking about this musical I'm writing with my wife. Yeah. And so I suppose I never had that perspective. I always thought of this as a, as a, a properly credited collaboration so i suppose that's but it, and if it wasn't that i'd absolutely agree with you um mm, and yeah. So, yeah so the crediting needs to be done better but yeah i think i think the horns on this let's get hers is one of the better songs on this i think yes and i think it's um it sits nicely next to high achievers it's got that little yeah the same vibe it's quite jazzy it's got the same sort of vibe as the uh robert bordello theme yeah it's got that same old-timey that kind of thing. Someone could be Groucho, Marks walking in the background, raising their eyebrows and shit. It's got that kind of yeah. vibe to it. And uh, and I think it is definitely one of the ones checking out. Check it out, definitely. So, yes, let's get hurt. Great, if correctly attributed. Concerning, if not. So, <laughs> so number 12, Safe Words. It's just, it's just a classic NARFX comedy song. It really is. This reminds me of, um, I mean, I know it's not NARFX, but, you know, the, on Smash, the, um, you get to keep them separated. Yeah, there's a bit of that. It's just a bit silly. And also from X-Nay on the Ombre, intermission. 
all that kind of stuff. It's like you know, um, you're you always do bits about Blink One Eight Two being obsessed with like dog poo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's that level of of humor that we've come to ex- come to um, love and and enjoy from the skate punks of this. Era. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, it is. It is the jackassification <laughs> of a once political movement. <laughs> Very good. That's my thesis. It's catchy. It's fun. Again, talking about jokes that don't land a second time. Hmm. The description of what a snowball is and stuff like that. It's like, I'm yeah. sure that in the theatre, if people have like, maybe, and Book of Mormon hasn't come out like this. Or maybe it has. I don't know. But it's like, what's someone talking about? I mean, fairly route one kinky sex things. Like, well, I mean, you know, like it, this was made with one of the guys from Avenue Q. I mean, Avenue it, Q had oh, yeah. had done this. Yes, this absolutely. Um, and so, I think it, 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 I I do like the joke of her just coming up with sex things she hadn't heard of before as a safe word because they sound as if they're all right. That's kind of funny. Yeah, um, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that joke. Um, and um, interestingly enough, Mike, this one doesn't end up in the musical. Spoilers. Oh, really? No, it doesn't end up in it, which is why Mike reused it as the theme song for his podcast with different words. Okay. Played on a ukulele and a little xylophone thing. Hello, everyone. Eddie here. Red and I hope you're enjoying our show. If you have been and would like to help us make it a little more easily, then you can donate to us at our coffee page, which is ko-fi.com forward slash punk rock elite. Or you can look in the show notes for our link tree. If you can't help us financially, we totally understand, but would love it if you spread the words to other people who would like this podcast. We thank you for your continued support. We massively appreciate it. Back to the show. Let me jump back to another bad decision. Hello, Frank. Hello, Frank, again. I'm a little bit disappointed that there isn't a third bad decision. Yes, I guess so. Um, No, just rule of three. Yeah. And I do like this, having, you know, spoken to Frank on this podcast, he's been very open about, like, his own drug use and stuff like that. And I, mm. I, I think that this does come from a, a place of knowing, you know? Like, um, I think he was still probably using it this time, because this yeah. is, like, eight years ago or something. Yeah, I think he probably was, yeah. So, uh, yes, it must be interesting to have that while you're still using and uh, see how that goes. So we've got two reprises in a row here. We've got another bad decision and then Seeping Beauty. What's the first Seeping Beauty? Is it not in there? So it says Seeping Beauty reprise, but I can't see another song called Seeping Beauty. Oh, yeah. They didn't put the reprise into the album for some reason, but it is in the musical. But it's sort of a progress song. You've got Karina in there. This story yeah. is basically a bit like... Uh, so drink, everybody. The story is a, a bit like Secretary, the film with Maggie okay. Gyllenhaal, yeah. in that she's sort of no longer self-harming because of S&M. Yeah. Which is a very simplified way of putting it. Spoilers for the early noughties movie Secretary, or the 2002 film Secretary. It's a good film. I don't think that you've spoiled much of, like, I don't think you've really done a spoiler there. 
No, it's a character piece. It's not really a plot piece, is it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know it's a BDSM movie going into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the, if the, if the uh, poster hadn't made that abundantly clear. If anything, it's a bit of a salacious poster um, for what the story actually is. But anyway. It's a really, really good movie. We've been, um, me and my partner, we, we love a good, like, erotic drama. And we don't think that they make many erotic dramas anymore. We, we think that actors are the hottest they've ever been, but there's been, like, there's the least amount of sex in movies at the moment. It's really weird. And even the sex is really kind of synthetic and dull. Yeah. I, I'd recommend if you are looking for something that's, like, actually good in that sphere uh piercing and what do we watch oh sanctuary they both feature the same lead actor uh, christopher abbott uh who is the lead guy from the expanse which is a great sci-fi show on crime oh, um but i really recommend novels yeah yeah yeah, yeah. really good movie uh, sorry tv show but i'd really recommend uh, piercing and sanctuary they're very good uh bdsm sex worker movies not quite the same, but Poor Things is very good as well. Yes, we 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 that is very much on our list. It's it's very very good. I liked it a lot. It's also fucking weird, which is brilliant. Yeah, um, I, I I love Yorgos Lanthimos's movies. I think he's brilliant. It was my, my girlfriend was uh, incredibly keen on seeing it because uh, she'd been reading the book and yes. And she's a big fan of, of, of the filmmaker and stuff. And so I'd, about a week before, I'd already got us tickets to go and see Godzilla Minus One, sure. which is brilliant. And that was for the Sunday. And then on the Saturday morning, she looked at her phone. And she went, four things is out. We are going. I'm like, two cinema trips in a weekend? Yeah, I should tell the it. very, very young Eddie that this is a plausible thing that could happen in their life. They'll be, uh, <laughs> they'll be happier. So yeah, it was good. <laughs> Only one of the cinemas sold Tango Ice Blast. Nightmare. <laughs> Seeking Beauty is uh, it's a good character song. The character songs don't land as hard in this because you don't get the context of seeing the story. Yes, like I, I think that these would be a lot more powerful if I know the, the, the characters that they're sung from the perspective of. Um, the characters are very, like, two-dimensional. Mm -hmm. This one is a street punk, but he wants to be a singer-songwriter, musician guy. This is one that she is jealous of the relationship this, the street mom has with the new girl. This is a street punk who is a, um, a male prostitute. This, you know, it's sort of... They have probably... They might have too many characters to actually flesh out the ones they have, but sure. But that, that happens. It does happen, and it is far from the worst crime. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So speaking of the uh, the the gay uh, the gay prostitute, um, fairly legal is the second song because he gets the three against me song, and then the next time we meet him by himself, it's this fairly legal, which is. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of of this one. Um, but you know, it's fine. I'd say like the next three tracks, I'm not that fussed about. I think it's got a really good finale in the Agony of Victory. Yeah, but you're predisposed to that song anyway because 
your position on that is that it is just a part of Coaster. Well, yeah, but also, like, I'm guessing that this is different to the album version. Like, they do, like, the... there's a, yeah, there's, there's a, I think it's like a remix because it, like, all yes. the, so they've moved it about a bit, chopped it I up. I think you're right. And they put, I think it's the exact same guitar solo. Like it's, it's the exact same take uh, same. and all that stuff, and they've chopped it around. And I think they've yeah. put the the actors on top of it as well, joining in with the na 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 na. Yeah, and I think that's a really nice. Like it, the Agony of Victory here really feels like a closer. Like it, I I get it. Like it, it feels like a closer to the whole musical, which I didn't expect as well. I expected Agony of Victory to be a little bit more like a actually kind of where urban campus is i thought that it was kind of introducing us to the homeless characters um so it's right. interesting that it's used to close them off but it it we'll, musically we'll yes they've very much written a finale track there yeah we'll we'll, we'll get to that in of a touch more depth of course but yeah so fairly legal it's an excuse for some gay jokes and some fat jokes so is no effects in general in many ways yes absolutely <laughs> Well, it's my, you know, my theory that Fat Mike stopped writing songs about lesbians when he re- when he sort of revealed that those lesbians were just an avatar for himself. Oh yeah, you're right. It's the same way in uh, in those uh, in the Harry Potter books that as soon as J.K. Rowling has a bit of money, she stops describing their meals in exquisite detail. She goes well into it in the first couple of books, and then all of a sudden she's got a bit of coin. She's like, "Then they had dinner, fuck it, whatever," because she's not like starving. So <laughs> it, it lines up. It lines up. I'm telling you, that's funny. And that is the most reasonable thing a non-binary has said about J.K. Rowling in the past five years. <laughs> Number sixteen, uh, that Billy Piper song from the nineties. <laughs> because I want to. Yeah, it's a little rebellious. I've decided to live life my way, not anyone else's way. I feel like they're putting a lot of like lower tempo songs towards the end of this, and that surprises me because these things normally appear three quarters of the way through, so that you can kind of ramp up towards the the end. And I mean, I suppose we've got a couple more songs to go, but mm. it does feel like an odd time to drop the tempo. Well, it it picks it up again because it yes yeah. So it starts off a bit slower. And, yeah, she's sort of, she's grown accustomed to her new way of life that is the way she wants to live. And it's it's autonomy, it's all these kind of good things. And this is one where, even if you don't have that experience, you may have the experience of going, actually, I'm going to do things on my terms now, even if that doesn't involve running away from incest and living on the streets it'll involve some so you can apply so i don't think the uh the the accreditation problem you have particularly exists on this one yeah um i believe jeff marks is a gay man so the the barely legal stuff may well have some uh input from him on it not that yeah, I'm sure. he was brought in for gay but he was you know that's going to yeah, be, I, uh, I, I don't think that this is homophobic or anything. Oh, no, 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 no. I've had people say, uh, oh, but no effects are very frat boy and homophobic. I'm like, mm, that's really not the case. And uh, if you think that, then I'd love to know why. Because Yeah, absolutely. The only punk band to have had the rainbow flag on stage with them at every performance since, like, the late 90s. Yeah. 
like and you might go oh well that's just it's just it's literally part of what they do so no one else does it anti-flag didn't do it just as well <laughs> we're on the home straight now we've got life oh what a drag yeah which is fine again another another slow one it just feels odd to have you know, Seeping Beauty, barely legal because I want to life oh what a drag. And they all have elements that are quite much slower. Yes, well, um, I think... I'd have split these up a little bit or put them a, just a touch earlier. Well, I think that life oh what a drag is is literally the, the sort of swan song. For yes. whatever reason, they have to leave the squat and they can't be there anymore. So mm-hmm. it is it is the sad one before the agony of victory. Yes. However, you're correct because there are some slower ones before I suppose... that. But again, I don't know if this is exactly in the right order. Yeah. I, I think probably what's more fair to like I don't think that this track is incorrectly placed. I think this yeah. track is exactly where it needs to be. It's a slower track, a penultimate slower track. Like this. Yeah is exactly where it should be. I think I'm a bit confused why there are three slow tracks right before it. Yes, and I don't know if that, like I say, I don't I don't know if this is the order they appear. I can't remember if this is the order they appear. Yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I think they are altered slightly as well, so that, that there are differences. I, I'm also not 100% I was right when I said that the musical doesn't start with monsters, but I think it's a variation on monsters. I think... those songs appear at different points like it shows the reason that she runs away or it shows it suggests why she runs away and then later on it confirms why she runs away with a lot more of monsters Mm -hmm. if you like so it's sort of used a bit more musically like a musical would do um but yeah i like life i want a drag i think it's stark and the performances are really good on it and all that kind of stuff but then we end up finally with uh, a bit of familiar with the agony of victory. We've yeah. already spoken a little bit about it. One thing I'll say is that this, the na 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 na, is a motif throughout the musical. Oh, I haven't the, noticed the three. Not not in the in this in the acted bits, not the sung bits. Ah, because okay. you've got the the three string guitar character. He is in the he's writing the song the agony of victory throughout it that's the song he's trying to complete on his guitar so he's oh, okay like sat by himself going da, 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 like by himself like strumming on the guitar trying to f- finish this song and then it becomes the the final song that's the sort of the motif if you like so um so it, it, it does actually have quite a bit of impact when it's been built up. It's been seeded throughout. But yeah. Yeah. So, and if you want to hear what we think about Agony of Victory, there's always the coaster episode. You can go and hear what we thought about it in the context of it being a NoFX album song. Hmm. So that was Home Street Home, the soundtrack. How did, uh, well, firstly, if you at home have any uh, opinions or feelings on it, punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. What are your closing thoughts on this one, Red? I'm genuinely really excited to watch the musical 
Yeah. Be because I do feel like I'm missing elements of the story here. You know, like I said, when we started this episode, I, I don't get much story. I don't see how characters develop and all of that. But um, I think your explanations of how is that, you know, there's a lot of talking bits in between. There's a lot of songs that hit harder because you're, you're familiar with the person who's singing it. Yeah. Um, so like, I am looking forward to seeing the actual show. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to like those characters or how those <laughs> characters are done or any of those things. I'm just saying the context is filled in. So I'm not, I don't want to, because I, you may well enjoy it, I, but I cannot say because obviously whenever I go, now this one is great. And you go, yeah, worst one on the album, fuck it into a bin. You know, like <laughs> as, it seems to happen quite a lot, but that's good. That's fine. That's not a problem, but it does seem anytime I still go, oh, actually, I think we're on. I think we're on pretty sturdy ground with this one and then you know <laughs> you're just like i don't want to do this show anymore i'd no longer like you it's, and, it's yeah. the no effects experience oh i think that is their best song oh i think that is literally the worst thing they've ever made yeah yeah absolutely i'm, <laughs> I'm embarrassed that that exists oh really because i've got it tattooed on my face you know it's that kind of yeah that is the no effects experience but maybe one day we'll do a watch along that you can Oh, we'll fun. do our own our own riff tracks that you can uh, put on top if you want us chipping in. So we'll see if that's the sort of thing you'd enjoy. If watch-alongs or any of these kind of things are things that you think that you'd like us to do, please let us know. Because yeah, let us know. Uh, we won't won't know whether to do them unless you let us know that you'd you'd like them to happen. Absolutely, because it would be fun for us to do. But ultimately, if it's going to be for this, we'd like people to want it first. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's fine um but yeah so cool well we'll see you in the outro absolutely well there we go we've uh we've finished our revels after the musical we've finished finished our our theater snacks so uh yeah there we go what have you got uh happening soon red um what have i got uh happening soon um, well, I'm going on holiday next month, and then oh, um, we're slowly gearing up towards um, Punk Rock Elite live at Manchester Punk Festival. In we March. are, yes. Any ideas? If you're going to be there, let us know. Uh, what would you like to have? Would you Do you want us to get members of the audience and do the quick-fire questions with them? But super That's quick fire. Point. Yeah, what, we, we need to have a think about what we're even going to do for the live show. Yes, I know, but don't tell everyone that we haven't thought about it yet. Oh, shit, that, yeah. No, we, we know exactly what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, obviously, oh, we know what we're doing. We just don't know whether to tell you lot yet. The props are being made as we yeah. speak. Yeah, we've got the, the, the showgirls are being choreographed at this moment. <laughs> I can hear them. Um, so, yeah, that's all, <laughs> that's all good. Um, uh, yeah, so, that's, uh, so we're going to be there. I think uh, the Midlife Punk podcast are also going to be doing a live one. Great. So uh, that's very exciting. Who knows? We might be able to convince them to come along and uh, we can uh, have featurings and whatnot. So uh, we'll finally, finally find out what the best one is. Um, that'll be good. Um, and uh, yeah, again, I think we'll leave off the big announcement for yet another week just until we've got a little bit because it is coming. It's coming soon. And I know oh, that yeah. this is click, clickbait, earbait as fuck. I think it, I think you'll agree it is worth it when we do actually announce it. It's good. We've announced a new design for our stickers. It's not, it's not going to be that. It's going to be better. Two new designs. It's going to be better than that. Is what better is what than a sticker. 
better than a sticker, which we will have at uh, a Manchester Punk Festival to uh, hand out and uh, you get all that kind of stuff. And some of our coasters as well. We got coasters made, but they are oh, basically yeah. beer mats. <laughs> so we'll replace the pub's beer mats with all of those. Because I thought, what, what podcast about punk rock, about uh, no effects even, and there is only one, could not could see the offer for coasters as merch yeah. and not give it like, a come go. on. And now I'm glad we only got 50. Because <laughs> they are just beer mats. But they're still pretty fun. Um, and you can have one if you come and see us, uh, if we still have any left. It's, uh, subject to availability. By the time this goes out, I'll have seen, must, uh, not mustard anymore, blagged. Uh, and zero yes. cost supporting King's Alias uh, to the underground in Bradford. So that'll be exciting. But the next main thing for me is uh, Leicester Comedy Festival. Oh, so it's Saturday. I'm meeting you for something. All oh, right. Oh, that could, could be something to do with something really, really fun. Oh, yeah, we'll that could be important. In. That could be important. So we better make sure we're at that. Thank you ever so much for listening. Punk Rock Elite Podcast at gmail.com if you have anything you would like to say or point out how wrong we are. Uh, this one won't be going on the Offspring Reddit, so don't worry about that. <laughs> we should be nice and safe amongst good people. So <laughs> thank you very much, Red. Thank you, Eddie. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Punk Rock Elite. If you're not subscribed, please do. If you're not following us on Instagram, please do. It was devised and hosted by Eddie French and Red Redmond. The theme and production was done by Eddie French. Please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.